Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no FAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Wait a minute. I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah, yeah wait, here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years, because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Chauncey Show, where we're always right and never left. We put God first and politics second. I'm your host, Chauncey Brown. Good evening. We have an exciting show for you lined up with everything going on in California with the Gavin Newsom recall underway. We're going to have in the studio shortly a dear friend of mine who is running for that seat in California. Major Williams, born and raised in Dallas, Texas. Major grew up in a single-parent home with his mother and three sisters at the age of 13. Major unlonely stars his own business, using an old lawnmower cutting grass for extra cash to buy food for him and his family. Throughout his life, his determination and intense focus on attaining goals and bettering communities have driven him to success in a multitude of industries. For the past 10 years, Major has been politically active, engaging in community outreach, and speaking at town halls. After extensively connecting with voters and learning their frustrations, Major shifted his focus in 2018 to run for mayor of Pasadena, California. He produced the entire campaign single-handedly and found a great success and support in the community. He found that he did not quite reach the fundraising mark that allowed his marketing outreach to compete with the well-funded competition. With such incredible experience and a solid policy foundation, Major established and chaired the new California Governors Group, which finds and vets potential candidates for governor of California. Ironically, Major was overwhelmingly encouraged by the majority of the people involved in the committee to run for governor. He has used the depth of his experience as he has collected to build a five-star team 
that will support him in his race for governor of the great state of California for 2022. Let me welcome to the show my dear friend, gubernatorial candidate for California, the next governor, Major Williams. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. Listen, we know, uh, you know you're a friend of mine now. When you ran for mayor in Pasadena, you were on my show a couple of times, and I know your tenacity and your will for helping the people in California. I applaud you for the work that you've done and for the work that you continue to do to stand up for all people in California. You are the type of candidate that the people of California needs, one who's going to serve the needs of the people and not political interest. As uh, before you came into the studio, I did mention that Gavin Newsom is being challenged in the recall election, and I know that's moving forward. Um, I covered a lot about who you are, so you don't have to go into too much. Uh, let's jump right into politics. What's going on in California? I mean, we know you have the immigration crisis, the fentanyl crisis, the uh, veterans homelessness crisis. We know that uh, the educational system, the schools are trying to indoctrinate our kids with immoral things. Uh, where do you stand on all these issues? I know it's complex, and uh, there's a lot, <clears throat> but I'll let you share with my listeners. For sure. Well, one of the foundational premises or stances that I've took uh, here over the last 15 months is just educating people on who I am and also my brand of leadership, which is someone who's going to show the intent to truly try to remedy the laundry list of uh, laundry list of issues that we have here in our entire state. As you said, you know some of those mm-hmm. issues like homelessness, the low crisis, the budget crisis, the gas, the taxes, etc. And so what I've been able to do is somewhat simplify it, even though it is very complex, but I feel like uh, someone as a candidate like myself owes it to the, uh, you know, to the public to simplify things. And I tell people, you know, this particular recall election, which the election date is on September 14th, uh, there is not an extreme amount that any governor is going to be able to do in one year and some change time. But, there are specific things that we can do, and those are, have been the focuses uh, that I've been talking to people about through, across the entire year because what I wanted to represent as a candidate was not to be the prototypical individual that comes in stating all these plans or have it all figured out or there's a magic wand or I'm the savior. I'm saying, hey, listen, I don't have it all figured out, but we are in this together, and to expedite what we can do good in this state, uh, if we do it together from a collaborative, collaborative perspective, we can change the entire dynamics and start to see the decrease when it comes to homelessness, transparency, a governor for the first time using social media to talk about the budget, not only talk about the budget, but show you the budget and show you the wasteful spending on certain projects and also who voted for those funds to be released for those projects so we can hold those individuals accountable when the next election comes up as well. So my message has been very different. At Office Depot Office Max, we're here to help you work from home, an office, or even a coffee shop. Shop laptops, notebooks, ergonomic chairs, desks, and more. Although your local store at Spectrum at Reston Town Center has closed, you can shop at our store at Benedict Drive and Bartholomew Fair Drive. 
or shop 24-7 at OfficeDepot.com and we'll have your order ready in-store or curbside in just 20 minutes. Find everything you need to end the year strong at Office Depot Office Max. And how I approach these issues in our state, uh, but there are meaningful ways that we can, you know, start planting the foundation and those seeds to do it. Uh, California is not a lost state. I know a lot of people may think so, uh, and the morale is low in our state as well, but it really comes to someone from the top down in regards to leadership changing the mindset, uh, the culture, and just how we interact and engage in making California business friendly, which creates a ripple effect across our entire state for everything else. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. And there are other great candidates, not running for governor, but for Congress, for U.S. Senate in California, uh, that believe in your same messages and that are fighting for all the people in California. And we're happy to have them on board because you guys now have a chance to turn that state around with all the dynamic individuals that you have on your team, as well as a lot of other candidates running for federal office. Um, do you have a five-point plan? And I understand that the issues are complex. It's going to take teamwork to make the dream work, and you don't have a magic wand. What are your right. top five issues um, that are your priority when you become better? Well, the top five, I would most definitely say, which would be homelessness. That's a huge issue in our state, and it's universal across the entire state. Everyone is feeling the effects of that as well. Uh, And making sure we get policies in place that's going to protect, you know, local playgrounds, small businesses, our sidewalks, our underpass to our freeways. So that is most definitely one of the uh, priorities that I'm going to have as the next governor of California is putting together policies that's going to protect, um, you know, our communities, but also, um, you know, changing the foundation of how we decrease our homeless crisis in our state and how we do that, you know, uh, under the Restore California plan, it's going to be three premises, and that's mental health hospitals being re-implemented back into our society, into our state, uh, drug and rehab facilities, of course, with accountability attached to it and wraparound services, which is essentially um, just, you know, customized or tailor-made services per individual to help them get reacclimated back into society and join again with their family members and friends. Beyond the homelessness, we're definitely looking at what we can do about making California business friendly. And I solely believe as a leader, uh, our, our our focus should be strongly on creating new revenue in our in our state. Oftentimes, there are politicians or elected officials when we have certain things that we need to pay for, uh, they quickly jump to uh, what tax can they impose upon us, right? Uh, which is why we're just like taxed out, you know, taxed out or taxed up more than anyone else in the nation at this point right now. It feels like. Um, and so we want to make sure that we are attractive to new businesses coming here to our state. So the, the second priority beyond homelessness is focusing on making California business friendly. Um, and the goal on the Restore California plan once more is attracting uh, five manufacturers to come to California and build and, and have plants here. The reason why that's important is because that provides an opportunity for more tax revenue, but also for the communities that those factories are going to be around, those small businesses can benefit off of all those thousands and thousands of workers 
working in those areas and also for affordability of housing in those areas or help us to, to create uh, new housing. So homelessness, uh, making California business friendly. Uh, as the next governor of California, within my first 100 days, I will be uh, amending bills like SB 276, SB 277, which are bills that are are a blockage for kids to go to school if they're not vaccinated or they don't acknowledge, um, you know, religious freedoms or um, medical um, exemptions as well. Um, and, I, and education is a huge thing for me. I believe in school choice. I believe that parents and students have a better feel than so-called professionals in academia uh, deciding where they thrive at. And so I want to be a strong advocate for school choice, supporting the public school, but also being able to equally support uh, the charter schools and also the homeschool parents as well. Uh, this is 2021. We've all evolved. In, in so many different areas and industry as well, it's no different that uh, so it's no it's no reason why the public school can be introduced to a low competition. And so I, I think that we have to reintroduce that in a way where it truly makes sense, but also start collecting the data and the stories of people thriving in and succeeding under under that guise as well. Uh, and lastly, I would say just having someone. One of my focuses is being the type of leader that I've never seen before in office, which is aspirational and motivational that focuses on financial literacy for the low-income and middle-class families because we know that California is one of the most expensive places to live, but I also want to change that dynamic. You know, when people say, you know, it's hard to afford, but, yeah, we can fight to find that affordability uh, measure, but at the same time, what can we do to make more? I think the conversation needs to change. And if it starts from a leadership perspective with someone saying, you know, how can we make more, but also using my platform, my voice, and my resources to bring opportunities and seminars and workshops uh, to these individuals to learn how to make more, especially if they're frustrated with their income or frustrated with their career, we want to be able to give them a roadmap. Um, and also just uh, the support to say that, you know, your life can change. And so I think I've never seen that before in leadership, especially from a governor's seat, for someone to be a true advocate of, uh, you know, financial freedom, uh, financial literacy, and uh, supportive of entrepreneurship. Amen. A absolutely. You know, I want to dovetail off of you talking about the human rights issues of homelessness, drug addiction, Unfortunately, as we know, Biden opened up the borders. COVID is on the rise. How has the open border impacted California health-wise and then the adverse effect of the challenge that you guys already face? Has COVID been on the rise in your state? Has COVID been on the rise within the homeless population? Um, what say you? <clears throat> So at this point right now, we really can't pull um, true testimonies or any data from what's happening with the homeless population. We know that the homeless population didn't decrease due to deaths from COVID. So that's something that we can identify, which is extremely odd because, you know, those individuals are in close proximity of each other on a day-to-day -day basis. But I guess that's a whole other theoretical conspiracy story, right? right. Uh, but in regards to, to what the border has um how has it impacted our state? I would say from a variety of ways. Um, anytime you're dealing with 
um, you know, a border crisis the way that we're dealing with it right now. And from what I'm told, we're allowing individuals to come in untested and also um, <clears throat> unvaccinated as well. But yet we have all these certain restrictions that are, that are on hardworking Californians. And I just want to say, too, though, just for, to your listeners, you know, the foundation of how it truly affects a lot of us is psychologically, right? There are a lot of people's spirits are broken. A lot of people are, like, you know, scratching their heads on just the, um, uh, just the lack of leadership and guidance from the individuals that we have put in these places that are supposed to be for us. But it seems like all the policies and decisions that they are making are specifically against us. And so when you have illegals coming into our states and they're getting housing and they're getting health benefits, but yet we have people that are hardworking here in our states not able to access those same things that those individuals who created a, uh, who uh, committed a crime, like it's trespassing, but yet you get rewarded for that. But Californians don't get that same kind of uh, hand up, so to speak. Uh, when it comes to jobs, you know, uh, Ill- illegal immigrants are taking jobs. Um, uh, drug and sex trafficking is going up and crime is going up in certain communities. And oftentimes it's the black and brown community that are most affected by um, illegal crossing of the boarding, uh, 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 illegal crossing of the border. And it's a huge impact on our state, and it will continue to be if we don't have a strong stance on being against sanctuary cities and also become a sanctuary state, support completing the wall and support reform. So the ones that are are willing to do it the proper way, it isn't like pulling teeth uh, for them to to come on board to be, you know, taxpaying uh, citizens here in our state that's willing to contribute. For those that are tuning in, you're listening to The Chauncey Show. We're honored and blessed to have in the studio former mayoral candidate from Pasadena, California, running for mayor, and now a gubernatorial candidate, Major Williams, in the studio talking about the challenges and also the remedies for the state of California. Yeah, I just posted something up uh, yesterday, or yesterday and today, well, actually yesterday and today, how the COVID spike in Texas of, um, of illegals are up 40%, and they're transporting these illegals and dumping them into cities. And, right. you know, you hit the nail on the head. You know, how we're not even taking care of whether it's California or the nation or whether it's homeless veterans, whether it's mentally ill. We're not taking care of our own people, and we have our front door wide open like it's a candy store that is for free. And it's sad because the impact not only on businesses but on the health of people, on the the stress of services, uh, it is just beyond my comprehension as a person who's been involved in politics all my life. It is very sad to see what the Biden-Harris administration is doing. They're tearing this country apart. They're making our country energy dependent. We were energy independent. Now, Biden is begging OPEC to pump more oil to lower our gas prices. I mean, I really hope that the American people, at least I know 80 million are awake. I hope the other half will start waking up and really look at what's going on in our country because we don't need leadership that's going to undermine the American democracy and the Constitution. 
No, I, I agree 100%. And, and I'm, I'm always very hopeful that the people, you know, step up and just open their eyes to what's happening right before, uh, right in front of them. And it's glaring when you hear um, testimonials from people who have actually fled communistic, uh, communist countries. You know, they've seen these elements happen. And I think as Americans, uh, we don't naturally gravitate towards that because we've never really been a part of it. But they're telling us and they're laying out how these steps take place um, because these people come from it. So I'm hoping that it starts to resonate with people. We're speaking out about it. I know that you're probably, you know, planting seeds as well, but I think we just have to collectively continue to just push, 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 and get the word out there so people can wake up and understand what's happening and, and give these strongest pushback against uh, this government, uh, Joe Biden and his his failed administration, um, so that we can reclaim our stakes in these in these you know service men and women uh, offices to truly uh, let them operate for what they were intended to do, which is to be of service, which is what I'm fighting to do here in California as well. You know, as a gubernatorial candidate, and you touched upon it a little bit earlier, you know. Uh, the beginning of Marxism and communism starts with the infiltration of the public educational school system. And I hope that when you become governor, you will not only help our veterans, our homeless, our mentally ill, but please make children your top priority. Uh, We do not need our young children growing up being indoctrinated. And I'm going to be polite with immoral information that is not going to help them succeed or compete in a global society. Critical race theory, teaching children transvestites and all these types of, especially in California, you know, um, teaching children using vegetables. All of these things are so immoral that my hope is is that when you become governor, I know that your man and your family is of deep faith that you can turn this state around and try to hopefully make it a more moral state. Because our crisis in America and in California is a moral one. We're facing a moral crisis, and that's something that we really don't talk about much. You mentioned it a little bit earlier when you talked about spirits. You know, we really need to look at the moral character of this country, where we stand. You know, as you know, this country was built on Judeo-Christian values. And it seems that at every turn, they're trying to dismantle God out of the equation. We would not, all of us would not be here if it wasn't for the Great Father. And it's a shame on how the government is trying to undermine and placate to the left to remove God, remove history, impose, like I said, immoral conduct and behavior upon our children. We need a paradigm shift. And you are one of the candidates that I call a hybrid. That's not a politician. It's about people. It's about service. We need people like you and more people like you who are going to really fight for people and not fight for political interests or special interest groups or campaign donations. And that's the message I also try to tell my listeners. 
We need to look beyond power. We need to look at the substance of the candidates, where their heart is, where their spirit is, where their mind is. Where they've been determines where they are and where they're going. We don't need any more career politicians, public, uh, we don't need any more politicians that are, that are puppets. The people are starting to wake up. They know that people or politicians are making promises and not keeping them. And this is why your election, like so many others, is so pivotal and critical in this time. You're right. We have the opportunity in California and the nation to turn the page and turn the corner. How many of us are going to make the sacrifice to do that like yourself? And that's what it boils down to. Talk to my listeners and people around the country. Look at those who are making the real sacrifices within their community, within their families, to really serve people and not people with political power, not people with money. Because those people are not trying. I don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. They're not there to help us. They're there to protect and enhance their own financial gain and political power. And this is why I hope you don't mind I dub you as a hybrid because you're none of those things. You're outside the box, but you're in touch. You have your finger on the pulse with the people, but you have the people's interest at heart always and the children and the homeless veterans. For you, it's not oh, a Oh, yeah, and I've, and I've always talked about myself as kind of like mm-hmm. a hybrid as well, too. You know, and oh, okay, having right. that ability. And, and I've told to people, too, Chauncey, you know, um, I, I really wish, you know, I was more embraced by the by the California GOP because, you know, what I've been able to do, and it's not an I type of thing, but I'm just making a reference and a true factual point. What I've been able to do starting at zero 15 months ago to where we are now versus when I'm talking about social media build and real real life impact by mm-hmm. actually traveling across the entire state you know, dozens and dozens of times connecting with real people, I would think that that would be something seen as admirable and also what the future should look like for actual candidates because more than often every time I went to these towns and to some of these cities, people would look at me like a ghost, and I would just be so perplexed on why they're looking at me like that. But then I quickly found out. They were like, you know what, candidates never come here. I've never seen a candidate come to our town. I've never seen a candidate come to our city or our neighborhood or whatever. So the fact that you're even here, first, I'm, I'm going to listen to you. But then, you know, if it goes right, I'm going to definitely vote for you, me and my entire family. And so what I quickly realized, especially from the conservative perspective, we've for so long been, you know, lost in effort on going after votes that we know that we can't get traditionally. And I've bucked that system. I said, you know what, the conservative votes are not the only votes I want. I want Californians. And if you're under the umbrella of California, you are who I'm fighting for. And so why not put my energy into trying to connect with you? If I talk to 10 and I get two, great, we'll do another 10 the next day. And we'll keep going, and we'll keep going. And that's how we've been able to build this well of support that far extends beyond a Republican base. And that in itself has brought a lot of envy. It's brought a lot of bows and arrows my way as well. Um, But that's what I preferred. I didn't have to stand by anybody to promote myself. 
I'd have to get endorsements or cosigns to say that I'm the guy or this is the next person. I just went out there and basically, uh, like my mother said, just go out there and be yourself. Be your best self, meaning your imperfections, your flaws, but your will, your ambition, and your ability to get the job done in any industry like you have uh, for the last 20 years. And that's what has helped us resonate. And that's what I wish the GOP would see more of because at some point, I feel like they have to pass the baton to the next political generation that's coming in that can have a broader voice or a broader audience, which will claim victory more often uh, here in our state because we don't get victory, you know, here in California as Republicans. I couldn't agree more, but I'm going to cut to the chase because they hand the baton over, but they're not handing the baton over to people of color. That is one of the arguments and the challenges that I've been arguing for for the past several months, and I will continue to argue on social media on my show. If the Republican Party wants to have a future, there's two things that they must do. They must fund minority candidates, black, Latin, Asian, that are all in these cities and urban areas. If you're going to make a long-term impact, the Republican Party has the history, but the Republican Party's not putting their money where their mouth is. And that's a problem. We saw that, and I saw it, particularly in the 2020 election with Donald Trump. He doubled his numbers with African Americans. He doubled his numbers with Hispanics. But the GOP did not fund any minority candidates across the country. And it must be a philosophy, because I know I come from the state of New Jersey, and I ran for state office twice, and I come out of the third largest city in New Jersey, and basically they're telling me we're not going to waste any money in the cities. Now, this was 15 years ago. So that philosophy, apparently, as I talk to people all over the country, is still in place. It's not just that it's the national message has to change, and they have to, you know, put pressure on local rhino Republicans that are in bed with Democrats to change their messaging. Now, they want black candidates on the ticket to say, see, we put up black candidates. Listen, this is no longer the 1930s, and we're playing entertainers for you. You need to open up your checkbook and put your money where your mouth is. You have the GOP has great candidates, even like yourself, Joe Collins. There's so many people around the country, and they will not fund minority candidates. Now, on the appearance, it appears that they might be racist, but I'm not going to go down that road. We're going to talk about that. It's an economic issue. They don't want to invest money in an area that they think they're not going to win. But see, that's the problem with the GOP. You're not making any ground in these urban communities because you don't engage in the social, economic, financial, and educational fabric of those communities and by supporting candidates. We all know that politics is local. So until the GOP really says, listen, because we always get beat by all the major cities, there's no magic wand. You know, there's no magic wand. Invest in these cities. But I have a feeling, and we saw this, I got to go back to the 2020 election. Ronald McDaniels and the GOP 
in the Democratic Party, cohorts cooperated together to get rid of Donald Trump. So if they can do that, why are they going to fund minority candidates? But that's why I have my show. That's why I try to push the narrative from my end because I'm not a candidate. I'm not looking, nor do I want any money from the GOP. But they need to start doing what's right. The rich history of abolishing slavery, Civil Rights Act, all of the major policies that have had dramatic impact not only on people's lives, but on people of color have come from the Republicans. In the history of this country, there is not one policy, major policies, that the Democrats put in place to advance their most loyal voting bloc. And I'm not talking about increasing their food stamps. I'm not talking about giving them a free cell phone. They do not invest any money in these cities. All they do is pay their debt off from the mismanagement of these Democratic mayors. And I'm not going to keep rambling on. I'll let you chip in for, for a minute because this is your show. But the GOP needs to open their wallet. You need to fund candidates. You need to disprove the narrative that you're racist, that you don't fund us. you got to put your money where your mouth is. If not, it's just rhetoric. And we have a lot of loyal people of color that are conservatives. And Republican Party is ignoring us, and it's not going to happen any longer. Right, and that's why we continue to put one foot in front of the next, and we keep going, and we keep building. And uh, and honestly, that's all you can do. And I think we've always, had, as a community, uh, we've mm-hmm. always had that resilience, right? We've always made do with what we have, and we continue to set trends, and and we still be we're still the most popular culture. We we are culture. You know, when it comes to all things, and so um, I will continue to lay the groundwork, uh, continue to you know run a collaborative campaign uh, with the intent of you know bringing uh, restoration to our state and also uh, get to a point where we celebrate victories. You know, there's not a lot of celebration of uh, victories here in our state. You know, it's like running on a hamster wheel of passing the buck, so to speak, which is why I personally always, you know, jokingly say that if there was an electrician that was running in this election, I would, you know, excitedly, you know, uh, vote for the electrician because at least an electrician, they deal in completion, right? When they come to your house of business, they can't leave or get the check unless they have the job done. And politicians, quite frankly, don't operate like that. And as an entrepreneur, small business owner for the last 20 years, me and my wife have to have an imagination and we have to complete in order to keep the lights on. And so I think that's a different brand of leadership and mindset that I bring to the table that's different than any of the candidates that's in this race as well. Well stated. For those that would like to donate to your campaign or volunteer or contact you, can you please share that information with my listeners? Absolutely. So our website is pretty simple. It's majorforgovernor.com. Uh, on that particular website, it has a layout of my platform. It has a layout of uh, more information about my background and some of the plans that I have specifically for our state. Uh, there's also a donate button. 
Uh, you can do, donate, you know, 20 bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever it is that you feel that you can do. Um, but, you know, support however you can. And just follow me on Instagram, at Major Williams, on Twitter, um, at Major Williams CA. And if you are in California or if you know people in California, this is important. Uh, this is one of the most important opportunities that we have here in our state, which is this recall election, meaning that 2.2 million people came out and voiced their opinions, and it was not just Republicans. But tell as many people as you possibly can to do this. I was sabotaged, you know, um, a month ago, so I did not make the ballot due to missing the deadline. But like all things, I took a negative and turned into a positive. So once more, I was able to show people my resilience in regards to getting knocked down and getting back up. Our attorneys were able to get us certified, sworn in as write-in candidates, and we are the only certified write-in candidate eligible for this election on the recall, September 14th. And so the only difference is you have to write my name in, my, write my name in. But I jokingly already found out a cool way to look at it. You know, at least Dominion can't change your handwritten name that you wrote on the ballot. So, <laughs> so we actually may win in a landslide. <laughs> Mike, I like that, Mike. You know, listen, like you just said, God closes one door and opens up a huge garage door. Uh, you're right. Absolutely. That might be that might be a blessing in disguise because you're there right. There you go. You can't alter a signature once it's in there. I like <laughs> that. I like that major. I like that. Listen, I know you're extremely busy. I'm not going to hold you up. I hope that I can have you uh, back on the show again uh, before your election. Yes. I believe it's in November because I know you have a very, very busy schedule. I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule and, and talking to my listeners. I can't thank you enough for standing up for the people of California and for our nation. We need more hybrid leadership, and we're going to dub that as a, as a, as a term, hybrid leaders, and we're going to move that forward because we don't want politicians. We need public servants. We need people that understand business, people, and children and the social challenges that we face. And you're that guy, and we've heard that today. And we will keep you in prayer on your mission to serve all those in California. Man, God bless you, man, and thank you very much again, Major. Uh, thank you so much, and I look forward to doing it again. Yes, sir. Take care. Okay, for those that were tuning in, we were listening to gubernatorial candidate Major Williams running for California governor, a dynamic individual, small business owner, people-minded and people-motivated, and also free enterprise for business. Happy to have him on the show. Always exciting here. Next up. Uh, on next Tuesday, who's going to be in the studio? Okay, we're going to have U.S. Senator from Oregon, Joe Ray Perkins, a former congressional candidate out of Oregon. Now she's running for U.S. State Senate, U.S. I'm sorry, U.S. Senate. Dynamic individual. We look forward to having her on the show. Give us some insight on what's going on in Oregon. Uh, in our country, and then after that, we're going to have Paul Crespo on on the following uh, week, and that'll be, uh, he's the president for the Center of American Defense, so we're going to talk about the military, we're going to talk about the politics, we're going to talk about foreign affairs, that's going to be exciting, and then we're going to have Billy Prempa, young man, early 30s, veteran, 
running for Congress at the Tough District of New Jersey's ninth of with long against longtime incumbent William Pascrell. This young dynamic individual uh, is unbelievable. You definitely want to hear Billy Prempa talk. He's refreshing, young conservative that's going to bring about change in the state of New Jersey. I implore you, please look out for that young man because I can see that big things will be coming from him. Okay, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Chauncey Show today. As always, we thank all of our listeners. We're every Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6 to 7. Uh, Please, if you have a chance, we want to thank all of our prior uh, people for supporting us and and, and making donations. And uh, we depend, and, and we want to thank you. Uh, you know, my listeners for making your small contributions because that's what helps us to continue to be a voice for the people. So please consider making your donation to PayPal Me The Chauncey Show. That's PayPal Me The Chauncey Show. And we'd appreciate whatever donation that you may. Remember, we're the voice for you. Uh, we keep it right. We keep it real. We keep it straight. Uh, we're not politicians. We're just patriots wanting to get the truth out to the American people. So on that note, I want to say good evening. God bless. Have a blessed Sabbath for those who are Jewish. And I want to wish a happy and blessed weekend for all of my followers. God bless you all. Remember, your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should, too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget, too and with no FAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV. From earaches to strep tests, there's Miniclinic at CVS. See a provider, fill a prescription, and grab essentials. Or see us online with telehealth options. That's healthier made easier. Visit Miniclinic at CVS today. Services vary by location. See miniclinic.com for details.